Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 241. We are the video game source for you, the casual gamer. My name is Brett Yanoski. And I'm Austin Morales. And this week on The Inner Gamer Podcast, Brett dives into Grindstone, another game on the Apple Arcade Store. And uh, he talks pretty highly about it. I'm actually impressed. I might play it myself. It's crazy, I know. And then I jump into Destiny 2. Brett jumped into it a little bit, but not enough to talk about it in this podcast. Sorry, Brett. You'll talk about it next podcast, right? It's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. All right, in the gaming news, we break down a lot, a lot of things that have happened over the past week. China, Blizzard, human rights, they don't mix good together, but somehow, yeah, it's not a good situation. Guy got freedom of speech. There's this, uh, okay, I'm blowing my mind right now. And we talk about Hideo Kojima after Konami, along with Fortnite, the Fortnite map gets sucked into a black hole. I just heard about this. What is happening right now? Uh, yeah, okay, we're going to talk a lot about that. And then in the discussion topic, we what we want from next-gen consoles. We have more information for the PlayStation 5 and Project Scarlet. So the console war is on, man. It is on. We're going to talk about it. What's what, the, the differences, the similarities, and what we want, and what can make the next generation even better. So without further ado, you know music. It is October 15th, 2019. Welcome to the Inner Gamer Podcast. If you enjoy our content, you can show your support by donating to help us grow our amazing community. For as little as $5, you can help grow the Inner Gamer and we can bring you bigger and better content each and every week. Visit theinnergamer.net slash donate to contribute. And also, if you're in the DFW area, check out our next event at Hop Fusion this Thursday on the 17th. It is going to be awesome. We're going to be there at Friend and Foe Board Game Cafe. Um, I don't know if Austin's going to be there because he's working the next day, and I literally haven't talked to him about it until like this podcast recording right now. So, uh, Austin, you going to be there? <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. It's possible. Maybe. Figure, we'll, if find, not, we'll, we'll find out. I'll be there. We'll find out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we already got a lot of people interested on uh, Meetup and uh, the Facebook page, so that's nice. pretty sweet. And um, I saw it being shared around some uh, Facebook groups that I'm a part of. So it's um, we should have a good turnout, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. So come on out. Hot Fusion, Fort Worth, 17th, starting at 6 p.m. We're going to end at 9 p.m. You can bring some board games and play some board games with people. Or you can also play some video games with us. And you get a beer for $3 yeah. if you come and talk to us. Um, either me or Austin from the Inner Gamer, or Corey from Friend Info Board Game Cafe. So check that out. All right. Video games, Austin. Video games. Um, oh, my goodness. Video games. So I haven't played as much this week as I would have liked to because I was Surprising. out all weekend <laughs> in Sorry. Austin Sorry. for Austin City Limits, uh -huh. and I was instead enjoying lots of music. I saw 27 bands in concert, and it was crazy. And um, one band that I saw actually opened with the uh, Pokemon uh, theme song, Gotta Catch Em All, Pokemon. And I thought that was hilarious. Nice. And um, yeah, but it was it was really wild, um, wild and crazy. So that was what I was doing a lot of. But what I have been doing is playing more and more of the Apple Arcade because I am quite into it and am learning that there's a lot of games on this Apple Arcade that are worth digesting and 
to recap those that missed our last podcast or the podcast before that, four ninety nine a month, unlimited games to play, or not unlimited. There's like a cap of games that are there, but right now there's about seventy ish. I think they were they're releasing like three or four a week right now, which is freaking crazy. They dropped like five of them last week, so um, and they're all still really good. So you definitely want to get on that bandwagon if you haven't yet, if you have an iPhone. Um, or it's also available now on the Apple TV as a native app. So you can play them on the Apple TV. You can play them on your iPad. You can play them on your iPhone. And you can play it on your Mac computer. So no matter what Mac device you have, Apple device you have, you can play an Apple Arcade with that one 499 subscription that can be shared with up to five family members, which is also freaking crazy. So it's pretty awesome. Nice. But one game I want to talk about is a game called Grindstone. And this is one I've been hearing about, but didn't know much about it until I downloaded it on the store. And this is interesting because this is from um, Cappy Games, which are the ones that made Below, if anybody remembers that game, which took forever to come out and got subpar reviews. But they also made Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery, which was a really, really popular game on the iPhone and on Steam and a lot of different stuff for a while. And they've done a couple other games in the past as well. But this is one that they've been working on, like wanting to build for apparently like six years. And they just been sitting on the idea and kind of did some work with it. And then finally we're like, okay, it's been too long since we released a mobile game. Let's, uh, let's just do it and make it happen. So then they put all the effort into making it and put it out. And then originally it was going to be for the app store, just generally just release it that way. Um, was not going to have microtransactions, but they were going to put ads in the platform. Um, but in a creative way. And then when Apple approached them and said, Hey, do you want to be on the Apple arcade? They were like, okay. So then they stripped out the ads and then just made the game and then released it ad free for the Apple arcade store. And this game is awesome. I've been playing the hell out of it. And basically it's a puzzle game. Kind of like, I would say it's a very tasteful, much better, not piece of crap version of Candy Crush mm. in a way because <laughs> you're basically in the, the gist of it is you're trying to match light colors and remove those colors from the game board. So you're playing this character who's this big brute guy who is trying to climb this mountain and through climbing the mountain, his goal at each level is to kill these little minion creatures of matching colors to get to things on the game board. So you can only move from, you basically are going around killing these little minions that are say blue. You have to trace a trail to all the blue characters on the map to go through. And then once you let go your finger off the screen, your character will go through and slice and dice all those people to land on that last spot that you designed him to go to. And through that process, you're collecting these, these stones that if you get a certain number of, say you get five uh, of the same color in a slash path, then you get a gem or this stone thing. And then if you get 10, you get a bigger stone. And if you get 15, you get a bigger stone. So you're trying to chain these kills together to get these stones. And then at the end of the level, which is set by you have to get 50 kills or you have to collect... X number of this thing, or you have to kill X number of these 
bad guys, specific bad guys. By doing that, you progress to the level. There's also additional things you can do, such as opening a treasure chest. So you have to first kill the the minion that has the key, and then once you kill him, then you have to trace a path to the treasure chest, which requires a five-chain kill streak in order to open the chest. So if you don't have five characters that you're killing on your way to the chest, you can't open the chest. So you have to creatively think about, okay, how am I going to get from here over to there to get that chest open and then somehow then escape out the door. So that's like the basic gist of how this game works. And then you go level through level and progress up and it gets harder and harder and cooler and cooler because they add new abilities and new things that come into play. Um, there's a, when you collect these gems, you use them. So as you, if you get hit by another minion, because there's these minions that after they're sitting on the game board without getting attacked or hit for say three times, three rounds or whatever, they kind of light on fire and then become somebody where if you land next to them and you don't take them out, they then attack you and take out one of your health or one of your health star or your, your hearts. And you have three hearts per level. And then after you use up the hearts, then you have to go to the bar and use your stones that you've acquired to pay by getting a health beer that you drink that will give you all your health back. Um, but you have to pay in stone. So if you get to a certain point where you're like, shit, I can't beat this boss and I'm down to zero stones, you have to go back and then grind through previous levels to collect more stones to then proceed onward, um, which adds a whole nother level of, you know, changing up how you play these previous levels and add some replayability to the game, basically. And uh, so far, I probably put like three or four hours into it. Um, and it's, it's kind of awesome. I had a boss battle that you had to hit your sword, like have momentum of hitting these bad guys and go towards these bombs. And if you went vertical up the screen towards the bomb and hit that bomb, it would roll the bomb towards the boss and then cause some damage. But if you went the wrong direction, like left to right, it would just go off the map and then potentially explode you. So you had to try and like position yourself to get enough momentum from all these chains to land your last chain on the bomb, which would then hit that bomb and send it the direction that you were traveling upward. It's weird. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm but watching, I have a video of it. I'm watching gameplay right now, and it looks very interesting, actually. I, I think I could get Dude. into this. <laughs> it looks like I, an old, I think so uh, too. old Nickelodeon cartoon. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm really digging it. So you could technically just stay on the same level for a long time if you really wanted to. Yeah, there's no like once you reach the threshold of like 50 kills, you could keep on playing if you want and continue to collect gems and rewards and stuff. But if you die, you lose everything on that level. So mm. you're kind of forced into ending early but i have done it where i'm like oh shit i got five more chains of like 15 plus guys i can take out now um so i'm going to do that before i exit the level and get a couple more because you in addition to the stones you collect these uh you collect hearts um which are literally hearts from these these 10 um 10 streak uh bad guys these brutes so you have to get 10 kills before you can hit him. And then once you hit him and kill him, then he you basically rip his heart out <laughs> and you have to collect his heart. And that's currency that you can use to upgrade items. So 
as you progress through the game, there's like an armory where you can go in there and like purchase new or you can get armor and you can get what new types of weapons that have like abilities you can only use like once per round or maybe twice per round or whatever. So like one of them is uh, you can shoot an arrow up and hit anybody on the game board from your position, um, just one person. So if you're like, oh, I'm going to land here, but then there's a guy next to that position that is on fire. So it could hit me if I stop there, then it's not going to do that. So that's a really cool feature. Um, and uh, yeah, it's pretty freaking awesome, man. I mean, that alone right there is worth like for me. I mean, I feel like if this game came out, I would easily pay, pay like $10 for this game because um, wow. it's just that that good and it has a lot of depth to it. Um, but instead, it's four ninety nine. in addition to these tons of other games I've been playing that are really awesome. So very impressed with this this uh, this thing. It's like exactly what a mobile game should be because you can play like a round or two and like, you know, five, ten minutes and be done, put it down and be satisfied and then come back to it later. But there's there's no payments. There's no there's nothing in it. But it has progression that keeps you wanting to do more without the, you know, clearing your wallet out, basically. Right. Right. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's it's really really good, um, and I was yeah very satisfied. Well, so. I think I'm gonna pick it up right now. <laughs> you should, you should. Uh, I, I was playing um, I was playing a few games uh, off of the arcade store, and I was I was impressed. There was one that's a, a Zelda clone, basically of Breath of the Wild, and uh, I was surprised how great the graphics it actually has. What uh, was it called? It was called Oceanhorn Two. Yes, that's what I was. That's exactly what I was going to think you were going to say. Yep, I played the first Ocean Horn. Oh, nice! And it was pretty good, but I never, never got deep into it. But now I'm really excited to play Ocean Horn too because it was a really popular game. The first one was, and um, with this one being on the Apple Arcade, there's no because the other one I think was like, I think Ocean Horn one was like four ninety nine, just straight up on the App Store. So now it's just included in that subscription. Yeah, and um. Yeah, this. I mean, that that game has a lot of content in it. I, mean, I think the first one was like probably a eight to ten hour game. Yeah, it looks, which is nuts. It looks amazing. Uh, my phone started getting really hot, yeah. so I was like, you know what? Shit, stop. Mechan- <laughs> mechanics actually make a lot of sense. I was like, wow, this is actually cool. Like, what the heck? Got to play it on my iPad yep. now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The grindstone does a good job of like taking advantage of the touchscreen, where when you're like tracing your character down there you can like see what you're going to do before you like let off um because you have to like trace your move and then it highlights it on the screen and then you have to literally press go in the bottom corner before it actually starts the slashing mechanic so Mm, you can like trace it out and be like huh okay i'm gonna go here 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 and here and then but it's gonna leave me here and i might so you can kind of like tactically think about your approach and plan it out before you actually commit to that that movement so It's um, it's pretty sweet, but very nice. Very I nice. am satisfied. So sweet man. Yeah, that's, that's my awesome. my Apple Arcade update. Grindstone, go get it if you go haven't get it. gotten it yet. Slash away, slash away. Hell yeah. So so I was playing. What are you been playing? <laughs> some game, a game, one game, and it is World of Warcraft. Yeah, World of Warcraft. No, we don't play World of Warcraft anymore, and we'll get into that later. But. I was playing Destiny 2 Shadowkeep, surprise, surprise, and uh, week two is about to start here, uh, actually today, so some things are coming out, Shit. I'll get to that later, but 
<clears throat> yeah, I'm actually surprised how the content drops are keeping me entertained because within the first four days of it coming out, like I felt like there's a not too much to really do, and it was getting repetitive because it, like they have daily uh, bounties and then they have you know weekly bounties, and it's like in the past that's kind of all they had, and you complete those and you get points and get a few extra things along the way and I think they had it where currently if you complete a certain amount of bounties in a week from one of the vendors, it gives you a, a high level item. Uh, and so I think they had that back then. So you do that now. And I was like, all right, well, you know, this is okay. And they make you go in the nightfall stuff. They make you do strikes. You can go in the crucible. You can turn on all these bounties and play some matches and get some cool things. And I was like, well, if this is all they have to offer. I'm going to get, I'm going to get really bored really fast. And I started doing that. But on the 5th, when they released the raid, which I haven't been able to play, they also released the Vex Offensive. And I've been doing a lot of that. And that's only been out for uh, a week uh, going on. Yeah, it's only been out for over a week. So I actually jumped into that. And it's pretty cool. It's kind of like a horde mode. And you go into this, like, different areas. And you have to complete objectives and kill enemies to progress to the next. And every time you complete an objective, you, you get a, 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 you get a loot chest that release some Ingrams. And I was like, Hey, this is actually really cool. Like you go in, you get, there's new bounties for it. So you go to Icor, you talk to her, she gives you bounties and then you go into this area and you can do it like three or four times and you get a, an ex- not exotic, you get a, like a, a tier two Ingram and it's like, okay, I can, I can dig this. I can dig this. And they released the Nightmare Hunts and the Legend uh, Legend Nightmare Hunts, which I have not got into yet. Actually, no, that's today. The Nightmare, the Legend Nightmare Hunts come out today, and the Iron Banner comes out today. So I've been just grinding away on all three of my characters, which are already, I think they're all at this point, uh, 920. And Damn. Yeah. You don't have to do a lot. Like, I've just been jumping in for a few hours a day. Well, okay, I, I take that back. It's been quite a bit of hours a day. But, <laughs> but I mean, you if you plan it out right, you can get at least a character or two to get to pretty high level uh, throughout the week if you know if you have a nine to five and you have the weekends off. So like I said in the last podcast, I mean, this is, is actually pretty great. And I'm really excited to jump into the Iron Banner now because there's a whole other, uh, a whole other uh, you know, bunch of other loot to get from that you know so like they're stacking on stuff over time and i listened to a few people talk about the launch like the launch week of shadow keep and how there wasn't a lot there it seems kind of barren and I, I i do agree with them uh and is it worth 35 dollars at the time you know i think you can justify that but other people are saying it's not justified like you just they just can't recommend shadow keep right now but i mean the way these things are building up over time and you have the uh, 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 season pass and that's completed by, you know, doing certain events in Destiny 2 as, along with doing your daily grind of bounties, like, you rank up pretty quick. So it kind of sucks that uh, some people I know are going to wait until the season gets a little deeper in to have more content to play, but... Right now, man, I've been having fun. I've been grinding out my season pass. I mean, get I'm up. I'm, I think I'm level twenty now. Actually, I think I'm almost level twenty five in my season pass. Uh, wow. 
I've just been doing the dailies, man. Going through, having a good time, getting new gear. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty focused on like what I need to get done, and you know, I, I actually highly recommend Shadowkeep if you haven't got into it. But I will say so this: what? it's very hard to let. There's, there is a lot if you haven't done the other stuff already, because I have a lot of things from past uh, DLCs that I need to complete. But I've just been focusing on getting my light level at least to 920. Uh, and now I just got to find people to do the raid with me, which apparently could take up to six hours. <laughs> oh my god! I know it's like, do I want to do that? But there's cool gear there, and I need to do it. You know. So, what was yeah. your question? Well, one, you have to find people that are willing to do it. Two, you have to find people that are willing to spend six hours to do it together. Three, you have to find people that are willing to beat it with you, who are good enough to beat it with you. So basically, you're screwed. Basically, I'm screwed. But the cool <laughs> thing is, and with the caveat is I jumped into Shadowkeep on uh, my PlayStation 4. So I downloaded that. It's free to play. It downloaded it pretty quickly. And then it was like, you have to wait X amount of hours to get an 80 gig update or whatever. And I was like, what the fuck? So I let that go overnight, came back to it. I jumped into it. And for a second, I thought I could play Shadowkeep on, de- on PlayStation 4. And, but I couldn't. And I was like, damn, that would have been so cool if you buy it once and you could play it literally cross-platform. No, it's just cross-save, Austin. I know. It's just cross-save. I know. I was so excited because I was like, then now I can now I can really jump into it with other people. God forbid yeah. I had to buy it again. But, um, I mean, it's cool. All my characters are there with my light levels and gear and everything. So I, if I wanted to, I can go play other stuff while I'm, if I need to chill in the <clears> living room. I feel like that would be a good move for them, though, is to treat it as that, where it is cross. Like you buy, you're not buying the game for a platform; you're buying the service. So you pay the thirty five dollars for Shadowkeep, and it can be played anywhere. It's not like you're going to be like, and then make it to where you can only have one copy active at once. So, like, if you're on on PlayStation playing that because you already have cross save there. So if you're on PlayStation playing, you can play shadow keep, do all the things you want to do. But then if you try to jump on a PC, they would like kick you out of it on PS4 or whatever. Right. And that'd be totally fine, but allow you to carry that stuff through. Cause yeah, like people have friends that are split across multiple platforms and it would be well, nice to yeah. carry that through. No, I totally agree. I don't know how, uh, dang, what's that one game that's like destiny. Warframe? Warframe. Yeah, I don't know how they do it, like uh, cross-platform stuff, if they even have that at all. But, I mean, I see how, you know, if you have it on PlayStation, you just have it on PlayStation. Because I think everybody wants their cut of the pie, you know? Like, yeah, Steam's going to want their cut of the pie. And if you got it on Steam and didn't get it on PlayStation 4, like, they wouldn't be <laughs> That's very true. happy about yeah, that. Yeah, I forgot about that, the 30%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're like, That's well, true. what about us? We're not going to let you just play free content, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, they'd have to work something out with that. I don't know how that would work out, um, but that's fair. They Destiny be getting gouged by everybody, I think, at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So man. those bounties that you play are they uh, like what is the extent or not the bounty the dailies like what 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 are what does a typical daily look like? So like if you go to the Vanguard or Zavala, you know he has like four or five daily bounties and two everyone ha- usually has like two weekly bounties and a handful of daily bounties so you can pick all those up uh 
We are hitting the reset now, or I think it was today, a Monday. Um, and so every at the every week, uh, beginning of the reset, you get all your bounties and like Zavala's is go and go do strikes and complete like kill these many people or use your do a bunch of arc damage or, or with you know or use ultimates throw grenades on people and then if you go to uh the gunsmith he's like you know you're doing weapon calibration so use shotguns for until it's calibrated and there's a percentage that shows you so every time you kill somebody your percentage goes up and there's just Got a bunch it. of stuff like that i mean you can go to the crucible guy and he'll tell you to go kill some stuff or you know complete <clears> some missions or uh not submission complete some matches or whatever and you know all that so adds it's not as up. much you're going for it's not like, hey, go play this specific mission and you get your bounty completed. It's like, hey, go and compete in two strikes, maybe on Earth, or right. go and use this this type of weapon for X number of kills or X number of time, and then you get an unlock or whatever. Exactly. So you kind of play whatever content you want to play, but use certain types of weapons and certain right. and, different and that's types how of tactics. They've got this cycle of recycling stuff it's go play the same content multiple times over the course of the week but we're going to give you different things of doing it which is kind of a smart way of doing it but i think also kind of a cheap way of doing it i i wish there was more to the content like i mean de- again like i said Destiny's kind of a different beast than a typical mmo so, so uh, have you beat the story yet i have not beat the story yet. <laughs> okay surprisingly well, I've, I've heard I've heard different things about. I've heard mixed reviews about the ending. Okay. Ultimately, right. So I was curious if you had reached that yet, but I right. kind of want to play it with you, and we'll like talk about it or something. Right. Well, you better hurry yeah. up, man. So actually, I, know. I think I'm only like a mission or two away from you, or past you. So oh, like, okay, okay. Yeah, gotcha. I really haven't gotten deep into the story, which I need to because I think. Something on uh, oh yeah, Icor unlocks something a weekly quest. So if you go and kill Vex, you get this Vex currency, and uh, you could turn it in for. Or you, as soon as you get so many, you get another legendary, not legendary, and uh, you know a tier tier two or prime Ingram or something like that. So yeah. it's like shit. I need, I need to complete the story, <laughs> but I just keep yeah. getting stuck doing my dailies. It's just easier that way. Yeah. So. I mean, you don't have to do everything Crazy. during the week either. So, again, like you can plan out. Like today, I only have like two hours, so I'm going to do all the Vanguard dailies. Or in the next day, you do all the Crucible, and then you do the Gunsmith. Well, Gunsmith, I feel like it's the neutral. Do whatever you want, and you're going to complete some stuff. And then Ikora has her dailies for the Vex Offensive, and then you got Eris Morn, and she has uh, uh, the dailies for um, the Moon and stuff. So, there's just a lot to be done. Yeah, I don't know how that how you feel about all that, but I feel like if you jumped in for like two hours a day or an even hour a day, you can do everything in a week um, before the re- reset. Yeah. I play like four hours a week. I so know that's not good. That's gonna be hard. <laughs> you're gonna I don't be have all that time. You're gonna be light level available. <laughs> Seven fifty for a long time. No, I'm kidding. No, it's terrible. I'm kidding. It's crazy. Sorry, power level is no longer light level. Yeah, it's power level. Power level. Power level. Cool. Yeah, man. Well, that sounds awesome. I will try and play more of that. Yep. Probably not this week because I got a shit ton of deadlines I got to deal with. But Uh-oh. 
um, this weekend. Um, well, Wednesday, I hopefully can with our stream, but I likely will not get much gameplay in until the weekend. So I gotcha. Well, I'll be waiting for you because I'll be completing all the stuff. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, that's going to wrap it up, everybody, for the games we played this week. If you want to play games with us each and every week, mostly, you know, help join Austin's team to build up his raid strike team so that they can actually, you know, get cool legendary gear. Um, he needs the help because, you know, I'm not around as much as I need to be. And, you know, I think Travis has given up on Destiny for, you know, the, what's that game we played? Dead by Daylight. Mm. Oh, I played Dead by Daylight. That game was interesting. But we yeah. can talk about that another time. Uh, join us on our Discord channel. Check out the link in the show notes. And if you like what you hear, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and tell every one of your friends. And I don't mean just tell a friend. I mean tell every single one of your friends. And I want to give a quick shout out to Mr. Louise, who used to be on our podcast. I ran into him this weekend for about, we hung out for about, an hour ish um, Friday night, and uh, we just happened to pass each other at a bar. And I was like, Oh, it's Louise. What's up, man? And we sat down and chatted for a little bit. And like every single one of his friends had heard about the Inner Gamer. And he was like, Oh, this is the guy I used to do the podcast with. And some of them actually still listen to the podcast. And I was very appreciative of that and very thankful for Louise for giving out, you know, continuing to be an advocate for the podcast and everything. So shout out to you, my friend. And uh, we appreciate it. So uh, stay tuned, everybody, for our video game news. Wait, and, wait, uh, yeah. wait. Well, yeah, Austin, go for it. What's yeah. up, Luis? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. All right. All right. All right. We'll be right back with our video game news. Have you ever found yourself on your way to a friend's house for a LAN party or a con like DreamHack with no easy way to transport your gear? It's heavy, it's complicated, and you have to deal with about five minutes of parking restrictions. Thanks to our new sponsor, Crazy Pro Gear, you don't have to worry about that. They have an awesome pro-level backpack that can hold any mid-sized tower or smaller, your accessories, peripherals, and everything except your monitor. We used it at QuakeCon 2019, and it was a game changer. You can also use it for board games, video game consoles, and game sticks, and more to make travel to the next convention or friend's house as simple as throwing on your backpack. Head over to theinnergamer.net slash crazy, that is C-R-A-Z-Z-I-E, to purchase gear for your next event. A portion of the proceeds go back to us to support The Inner Gamer. We'll see you at the next con. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Hello, everybody. It is time for our video game news in this segment. As always, we share the best headlines from the week in the gaming industry. And one of the biggest topics of discussion we have this week uh, stems from an event that happened last week in which a player by the name of... uh, He goes by the handle Blitzchung. I'm not going to say anything else around it because I don't know how to pronounce his first name. I mean, it's, it's Y Chung. But Blitzchung is his player name. He's a Hearthstone professional player. He was playing the game Hearthstone in a tournament. Grandmasters tournament. The, the Grandmasters tournament, indeed. And uh, he vocalized his support of Hong Kong's liberation movement um, during the event. Am I correct on that? Yes. I believe he won, and they were interviewing him. And apparently the casters who were interviewing him knew what he was about to do. So they ducked their head uh, past their monitors so he couldn't see them. And then Blitz Chung put on a gas mask, which is supposed to symbolize what's going on over in Hong Kong right now. And uh, of course, of course, 
You know, what what do American companies do? They hold up freedom, right? You know, the traditions and values that we hold in America? No. No, they don't. That's wrong. You would be wrong. Well, I feel like most companies don't really hold up freedom. They're kind of <laughs> against freedom if they're like large-scale companies like this. I mean, I agree. Look at all the stuff that goes on everywhere with you're correct it's like low wages and like all the money going to the, the executives and made in China. all that stuff they're yeah they're not very good with that but but yeah so the 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 controversy that that uh blitz chung was kind of going about was um there's a public protest going on in hong kong um where when the local government announced plans to enact laws that would allow China to extradite citizens from Hong Kong for judiciary reasons. Um, this is a uh, basically a quote from Matt Kim on IGN that I'm reading from here. And uh, he said that Hong Kong citizens protested the laws. And while the city government has backed down from plans to enact them, the movement has grown as calls for liberation intensify. So... It sounds like they're just, yeah, they're just letting, they're just doing what they want to do and uh, making things a little bit difficult in the area um, because China's just, yeah, they're like, well, yeah, they're just taking control of things here. Um, and then, of course, Blizzard and China, there's a relationship there in that. Um, well, and Blizzard's. That, sorry. What's up? Yeah, so. Along with Blizzard and many other companies, they're trying. They're trying to break into the Chinese market with you know uh, mobile games and stuff. And so we've seen this big push, right? And it's been pretty like it's known, but it's not hyped up or you know. I, I feel like the news is being covered, but it's just kind of one of those things uh, that people just kind of know in the back of their mind or just hear about it and like, okay, whatever. It's not really affecting us. I mean, it affected the Rainbow Six Siege. I don't know if you remember that, Brett. They changed some. They started censoring some things because they wanted to make you know one seamless game that would go out to China, and also be here in the U.S. or at least in the Western world. And to so they wouldn't have to like you know have two different games being updated and worked on. But obviously they got a lot of backlash and they ended up changing a lot of things um, for the Western market. So they wouldn't censor stuff. And so we see this across a lot of uh, industries right now, especially in the movie industry. Like they're censoring, they're being censored because they're trying to get past the China wall to get all that China money. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's a, a big topic of conversation these days when South Park makes an episode about it, which their most, <laughs> yeah. one of their most recent episodes of South Park was where, um, uh, uh, Stan's dad is uh, he started a weed farm last season and it's called Tegrity Farms and they're all about Tegrity weed so he moved out to the country and started growing weed with Tegrity and then uh, he uh, starts to notice that all of his people in uh, his you know city of South Park are starting to grow their own weed because they realize how easy it is and they're starting to do it themselves so therefore he's losing money to people going local and doing it in their own backyard. So he gets pissed off and decides to hop on a plane to China and is going to try and tap in the China market. And in this plane, he starts to realize that he's not the only one with this idea and everybody is out there to 
tap in the Chinese market. So he's sitting next to these these uh, business professionals who are like, what are you going out here for? It's like, well, you see, we're trying to break in the Chinese market because it's a very profitable industry for us. So we're going to come out here and see what we can get from it. And then you have like all of the Marvel characters come onto the airplane and sit down and then Thor sits down next to him. And then you start seeing Disney characters come in like Winnie the Pooh and freaking... Uh, well, Winnie like, the Pooh wasn't, uh, wasn't there yet. But it was just all the, all the Mar- Marvel characters and Frozen and all that stuff stuff and yeah yeah all the different things they they but go on funny they go on to like make fun of the chinese president and stuff and that's why it got banned and then they then all the south park all all south park is banned in china at this point and so oh, did that just happened yeah that's, that's they funny. got banned and then i didn't uh, see that follow up i think trey yeah, parker me. he did like a fake apology <laughs> it's hilarious i won't go into oh it here God. but and then they made yeah. the follow-up episode and it was just even better uh yeah i haven't seen that one yet i'm excited to see that one yeah it's but cool. uh yeah Back to this. so so ultimately yeah so there's this this big uh so he he protests during this match and then blizzard responds by banning him for what originally was a 12-month ban from participating in hearthstone esports and he lost and also, all of his winnings and and yes i was gonna say he also they re- took away all of his <laughs> prize money winnings and uh but then after a while, because the community lashed out, which we'll dive into here in a second, they came back and issued an official statement and were like, no, we'll give you a six-month ban, but we're still doing it. And it wasn't because of our relationships with China. It was because he... There's a quote that I am trying to find yeah, here that I they said right that I was like cracking up about. They said... Um, uh, there's a special... There's a, there's a, a line or one of the... Uh, what do you call it? Tournament rules that says if you bring anything that brings you into public dis- disrespute, uh, disrepute offends a portion or a group of pub uh, of the public or otherwise damages Blizzard's image, you can be, um, yeah, you can be banned from tournaments, kicked out. Yep, and it's all all up to discretion. What whatever this is, it's all up to discretion with Blizzard. So it could be anything. Literally anything. That's how like loose this this clause is, and um, and who 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 does this affect? Like who is this protest affecting? It's affecting China. So obviously they're trying to appease the Chinese government because they want their money. They want the money. Like why else would this be a thing? I mean, it wouldn't happen in America, obviously. But you would think these people who have built have been built like they've built their company on the backs. Oh, I don't say that backs, but that's just a little too extreme. I'll say anyway, on the backs of, you know, the Americans here who have loved and cherished their games. And, you know, you'd think that they would take that exact um, values that we have here and share that with the world. Obviously China isn't about that, but you think they wouldn't work with that. But when it comes to these big companies and they finally become too big for their own good, this is the kind of stuff that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, you know, Blizzard is a American company and one of our, you know, things in our constitution states that you have the, the right to protest, you know, but he isn't from this, you know, Blitzchong is not from America, so he doesn't have to follow those same rules. But it's interesting that Blizzard went to say that, this guy who is 
I mean, he's in a public forum. He can say something. I mean, a lot of people will say stuff. I went to uh, at ACL this weekend. I went to see Lizzo perform, and she's like all all the rage this like right now because she's all, all about like body positivity and stuff like that. And she's you know has this pedestal, and she is talking to people about body positivity and all this stuff. So she is in essence kind of it's not a protest but it's like she's speaking out about something that she believes in and in this case this guy is doing the exact same thing right and you know the same could be said of like well what if they're spouting hate and stuff like that okay you know like there's there's definitely some gray areas and stuff like that but in this case it's it's unfair what's happening over there and it's i don't think it's i mean it just it seems odd that they they reacted in this this way, right? Um, to because this guy China that was, was like, like hey, "Hey, if you I want our money, won. <laughs> yeah." And especially too, because like after somebody wins a competition, they are they usually go up to him and say, "Hey, like, how do you feel about the win? What do you think about this?" And that gives them a platform to like say something. So it's you know this is post game. Like, I feel like in in this sense, he's kind of you know saying something he's he's putting it out there yeah um but instead through imagery and stuff you know with the gas masks and stuff like that but no he said uh, he he said some things he said some stuff too yeah Yeah. but like there's there's i don't know it's just it's a weird it's a weird thing yeah i guess he shouted liberate hong kong revolution of our age and then they cut straight to commercial to stop that i mean they could have easily yeah because what uh um what's his face said let me pull it up. Jay Allen Brack. You're saying this had nothing to do with their relations with China? I mean, obviously it does, and they could have easily said this or said that they're going to change it to be more specific. That anything that's... Well, they did say some things in here, and I have to find it, but just like no political stuff. They said that this had... That, you know, the whole... Everything needs to focus specifically on the game, right? Like, that's why they got upset with him and that's what broke the rule or whatever. Um, yeah, we have, this is a direct quote. We have these rules to keep focus on the game and on the tournament to the benefit of a global audience. And that was the only consideration in the actions we took. But if it specifically says certain things, apparently not, (laughs) apparently it's like, Hey, don't talk about political stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that could easily save everyone's asses and, you know, make it would make sense to some degree. Like they're their own company. They can do what they want. It's their property and whatever their stream and stuff, but have actual terms that make sense and everyone could abide by. Like that would have been so just so easy. Yep. Yeah, it is a, it's a wild situation. Um, so, after this all happened, and uh, you know, we we mentioned the ban, we mentioned Blizzard's response to it, but the community is, I think, what's most interesting is that they they jumped on this pretty heavily, as gamers tend to do, and uh, hashtag memes. boycott hashtag boycott Blizzard definitely took over real fast, and um, you know, people even including Austin have uninstalled Blizzard to uh, you know in protest of this stuff happening. And uh, there was a image uploaded to the Blizzard Reddit subthread or Reddit um, community that said Blizzard unveils new logo, and it was a Chinese flag with a Blizzard logo <laughs> over top of it. 
Um, and that was the most upvoted. Uh, actually, that became re- subreddit the subreddit's most upvoted post of all time in less than a day. So that moved real fast. Yes. And um, yeah, it's a uh, meme factory. May, has been churning out all the memes. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, no, there's definitely been a lot of memes going out there. May's become an image of it, which is interesting. So they took May, which is also, as many of us know, is a Overwatch character, which is made by Blizzard. And uh, she is being used as an image of the resistance, resistance. And they're hoping that if she becomes like a big enough, this becomes a big enough thing with May, that they'll ban Overwatch in China. Just as a way of retaliation to Blizzard from the fans. Holy shit. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I'm like, if this happens, it's going to be crazy, man. Like, what other industry can you actually affect th- money <laughs> happening? Mm-hmm. You know, Blizzard and Activision are just pissing their pants and probably pissed off at everybody right now. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, there was something else that was done because there's a thing at let me see if this is it uh yeah so at blizzard um as blizzard's company headquarters are are some plaques that showcase their uh their values and one of them says uh, every voice matters um that's at the blizzard headquarters and then somebody taped over it because it's like well that's out the door now because Clearly, every voice doesn't matter to Blizzard, even though they have that plaque at their company headquarters. So um, that was that was another thing that got pretty popular real fast uh, on the interwebs. But yeah, I mean, it's a wild situation. It's going to continue to grow and kind of get crazy. And it's just it's this has become a global thing, and right. it's wild to see like a you know a American company involved in a global. Yep. Like scan, they're senators. Scan, it's not really a scandal, I guess, but it's kind of that way. I mean, a protest it's, in some regard. Yeah, I mean, it's um, become a scandal because you have even senator, yeah. U.S. senators talking about it, and you know, talking down on Blizzard, being like, "You, you shouldn't have done that. That's not. That's not right." You know, it, it's coming to the public spotlight. This is not just a gamers, you know, news story. This is a, everyone starting to hear about this. It's crazy. Yeah, you also have. Uh, Brian Kibler, which is a popular Hearthstone caster who ended up quitting. I mean, he basically said, I, I can't do this <laughs> if you're going to be treating people like this. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's like they, they also suspended the casters that were there too, yeah. which is like crazy. They I mean, did like say they, that they will bring them back within six months. Yeah, but still, that's still a still, I know. No, I totally agree. Like, that's still BS because what did they do? They didn't do anything, you know? Yeah, um, and they said that their purpose is to keep the event focused on the tournament, which, I mean, yeah, I guess it was on the tournament. I mean, it wasn't on the tournament in that sense, but, I mean, I don't I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's a whole crazy situation. Then you have uh, but, Nathan Ab- Admirable Zamora, who is also a caster, who, who ended up stepping down as well. And then I think some of the finals, uh, there was a tournament recently where some college students put up a sign uh, towards the end of their match. And they said, you know, liberate Hong Kong or something to that effect. And then uh, Blizzard cut away really quick after they saw it. And then they were like, well, why are we, why aren't we getting banned and, and or getting the band hammer for, you know, saying this? And they're like, well, this is unfair. We, we quit. We're, we forfeit this tournament because you guys are being, you guys aren't holding to your 
your guns across the board. It only matters if people, you know, in that part of the world are saying things that China doesn't like. So there's just, well, it's escalated very quickly. And there are people who are, who are going to, there's already a, a big movement to do some protest at BlizzCon this year. So it's coming up quick. It's coming up real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy with Blizzard that they've, they've gone from such a well-respected, well-loved company to somebody that, I don't, I mean, whoever's running the shop up there, I don't know if it's influences from Activision, like maybe Activision put some of their, their executives into Blizzard and then that's what's trickling down into the company. But it, like, I feel like Blizzard's employees like at the core are the type, the people that need to be there to like help Blizzard be the right company. But I right. feel like it's the people at the top that are yes. doing like they're, they're misguided or they're just, you know, they're, they're money hungry in this sense. That's and they're it. like, we gotta, we gotta protect our assets, which is where the money's coming from in this case. And it's, it's crazy. It's, <laughs> it's funny though. Um, uh, Epic Games came out in a response to this, and Epic CEO Tim Sweeney said that they will never ban Fortnite players for political speech. Um, Tim Sweeney voiced on Twitter that he uh, that will never happen on his watch. So, and the funny you are thing is, to speak about politics and human rights. Tencent is actually forty <laughs> percent. Uh, Owns forty percent yeah, of Epic Games, yeah. which is why well, I mean, kind of create bold of him to say that, right? On that regard. But uh, when it comes down to it, also owns Blizzard a little bit too, but not as much as they own Epic Games. Right. When it comes down to it, we'll see what happens if something like that happens. Um, Right. So, you know, Tencent might pull out and be like, screw it. (laughs) We don't want to work with you anymore. And that's a crap ton of money right there. So who knows what could happen to Epic Games. (laughs) And I don't know if you saw, but a bunch of employees uh, left work. Uh, I guess this last week and stood outside in protest of what's happened as well. So at Blizzard, yeah, Blizzard, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, a- everyone. Uh, that's that's exactly what I was saying earlier. You know, that's you know, it's the the employees themselves are, you know, obviously not to blame here. We just got to be focusing on the the people that are calling the shots, which are the people. I mean, the president here specifically, I mean, he's the one that probably made the call and they even came out and said that they reacted too quickly. And that right there is like, like as a big company, the first thing you, you do is not react quickly to a situation. Right. You, I mean, the step number one in crisis management is to actually take the time to process what's happening here. Like you don't just respond the next day and be like, Oh, Hey, we're going to do this like right now. You have to, even if it's going to cause a lot of bad PR of like, oh, they're not saying anything, you need to think about all the repercussions of what you're about to do before you do something. Otherwise, right. you're going to have a bigger problem on your hand, which is what's happening now. Yeah. So they uh, they need some lessons on crisis management for sure. And then but, uh, there's also an article I just found, and I've heard about this already, but Blizzard's banned on... Blizzard banned an esports player over his Hong Kong comments. The backlash continues, and their stock is falling. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, like it's being affected. We're you know, shout out to everyone who's helping the cause. Honestly, I mean, human rights, man. Yeah, people should have the right yep. to, for free speech. Uh, that's right. Anyway, so <laughs> we've talked enough on this topic. I am going to move on to our next story here. Um, uh, it's actually kind of related, though. It's kind of interesting. 
But uh, I found an article on Kotaku that talks about Hideo Kojima. And uh, they had a little discussion with him about the challenges that he's experienced after leaving Konami. And this is relevant in the state that, you know, we we don't always realize living in America, the situations that happen in other countries and some of the regulations and, you know, issues that you face in a another government that is not, you know, a democracy like what we have here. But um, so this article ultimately is talking about Hideo Kojima. You know, we all know that he started his own studio, Kojima Product Productions, after he pulled out of uh, Konami. And um, during that time when he started the company, he's 53 years old, which is people are like, why would you start a company at 53 years old? You're crazy. Um, and uh, yeah, but he was like, I'm passionate about making games and I'm going to do it. So he went out to start making some games and found like formulated the company and all that stuff. But he said that he ran into a lot of issues along the way. Um, for example, when he went to the bank, um, he couldn't borrow money. They said, we know you're renowned, but you don't have any actual results. This is the kind of country Japan is. Um, so like, for example, you can't get a loan in Japan it's hard to get a loan in Japan, um, especially if you're not working for a large company. So you're not, it's not like here where we encourage small business to be cultivated um, over there. It's like, good luck. You're going to have a hard time with that. Um, so what he did was started financing it, his studio um, his own way. Um, so in order to do that, he was looking at, um, he eventually, he eventually still got some money, but it sounds like he got money through um, family, friends, and people all around that wanted to help him grow. And that's kind of what became of it at the end. But he, through this whole process, like he started realizing like Konami kind of was not as bad as it seemed, even though things ended poorly for him. Um, the, in Japan, uh, you being part of a larger company makes things a lot easier and kind of helps to grow. Whereas if you're on your own, you don't really have those opportunities. Um, whereas here in America, you could have those opportunities. Um, so he, he started to kind of re the ultimate end of the story was like he started to reflect on the fact that, you know, although things didn't end as well with Konami, he realizes that a lot of his opportunities that he was given throughout his career wouldn't have happened had it not been for Konami basically supporting and growing that for him. Um, so he's kind of thanking Konami in that sense, essentially, which is pretty interesting. And uh, he says he owes a lot of why he is who he is and where he is now because of the 30 years he had at Konami. So, yeah, pretty wild. Very cool, man. <clears throat> I'm, glad here, he, I'm glad he's here in America now. Get that loan, man. Get that loan. Well, he's not here in America. He's still in Japan. But Oh, is he? Yeah. I thought he moved here in America. Nope. He is still out there. Really? Yep. I guess he just came to visit. I thought he opened the studio here in Japan or in America. Nope, it is headquartered in Shinagawa, Tokyo. Um, My bad. Kojima Projections. Yep. I don't know why I thought he moved out here. No, uh, he's just always out here because of his his bromance with uh, uh, what's his face? <laughs> um, what's what's his name? Uh, Help Deb me Keeley. out here. 
Jeff Keeley. There we go. Yeah, that's why he's always out here. Gotcha. But uh, see, but yeah, see. no, he uh, he opened up shop out in Japan. So okay, never it mind. It's pretty crazy. Yep, and they're growing. They have eighty employees, but maybe they'll change their mind after a while once he starts getting. I mean, we'll see how Death Stranding does. But if it does really well, then maybe he'll uh, they'll uh, change their mind about startups and things and support it a little bit better. We'll see. Sweet. All right, Austin. Have you been following this Fortnite story? Absolutely this is, this is, not. I had to. I had to talk about this just because it's like, it, I'm. I'm kind of really shocked that they're. What, what makes they're you doing think? this? But it's kind of amazing. <laughs> I keep um, up with Fortnite. <laughs> okay. Well, let me give you the background. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, uh, Fortnite is about to reach season ten, and with that, obviously, with season ten, you're gonna be like, hey. We got to go big and go big or go home kind of deal. So people were preparing, getting ready for something game changing, something crazy. And then um, leading up to this happening, there was this 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 event um, in, uh, that started back at the end of season three um, where a mysterious alien arrived called The Visitor and uh, came via a meteor. And then after more than a year... Uh, these cataclysms were happening on the island. The visitor set up a rocket on top of Dusty Depot. The rocket launched. And then um, as part of an in-game event on Sunday this past week, uh, it exploded in the sky and throwed off all of the balance of reality in the world of Fortnite. So if you were there in the game during this event happening, um, you would start to notice rifts appearing in the sky and dozens of small missiles started coming out. All the missiles formed one giant rift, which brought back the Season 3 meteor, launched it into the vault, and after that, the entire Fortnite island was sucked into a black hole, leaving players in darkness. And now when you load up Fortnite, the lobby doesn't exist anymore. It's a black screen with a small circle of light in the middle, and it's a black hole, and the game has been offline since Sunday. Holy so shit. Nobody, nobody can play Fortnite right now. Holy shit. So, How do you do that? <laughs> yeah. So the fact that Epic Games was like... They led up to this event, they prepared for it, and then literally made the decision to take off their cash cow for so far it's been almost a full 48 hours. Wow. But by the time you listen to this podcast, my understanding is um, this may already be revealed of what it is, but it's leading up to what may be called Fortnite Chapter 2, which is uh, it was leaked on an Italian app store last week with what looks to be a brand new Fortnite map. So chapter two might be launching and the rumor is it's launching on Tuesday and the server is going to come back online and they're going to reveal a brand new map and everybody's going to be super excited. And it's going to be crazy. And it's going to like be the biggest thing of Tuesday. So we listen to this podcast and if that happens, it that's, that's what this is the lead up to it. But, um, wow. this has been going on since like early 2018. They've been like, beefing up to this moment and then now they've literally like you go into Fortnite, you have a black hole and then a little exit button in the bottom corner and that's it and i'm like holy shit so that's pretty wild but naturally you have Fortnite players who are like decoding things because now after this happened um they started throwing numbers um within the black hole so if you pull it up like numbers start to show up in the black hole i guess is what's kind of happening and uh, these numbers people have put together and have determined the full sequence of it and oh. have made it out to what could be a phrase that was a message. 
And they think it's from the visitor. And it said, I was not alone. Others were outside the loop. This was not calculated. Then nothing is now inevitable. And that's it. Wow. So it could just be a big, huge ass troll. But that's basically what they revealed thus far. And uh, supposedly tomorrow is when we will get the big, huge reveal of the new map for (coughs) Fortnite. Well, if we only release the podcast on... Wednesdays. (laughs) Wednesdays. <laughs> not, I know, right? Not today. Uh, I'm curious but, now. I'm curious. <clears throat> so what's even funnier is, uh, you know, this was intentional. You know, they did this. Uh, had this whole plan to take down Fortnite. <laughs> what they didn't expect was that uh, Epic Game Store would be taken down as well in the process. <laughs> so according to the Epic Game status page, its servers were experiencing a minor service outage that the Epic Game Store is suffering from a partial outage. So apparently, so many people were trying to log in and get into it because of this anomaly stuff that they did by design. It happened to take down some of their actual Game Store server systems. So things like logins, matchmaking, and voice chats aren't working um, for other games in the Game Store that they've purchased, including probably Borderlands 2, 3. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I mean, um, oh which is kind gosh. of funny. So, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of great. But if you say to skip the login, um, you can sign on and play like offline, basically, um, and play like single player games. But it was down for a little bit, and uh, that was pretty great. Interesting. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> that's what's all happening with them. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. I'm I'm excited for today. Then. All right. Following up with our Fortnite discussion here. Um, Apex Legends, who already has brought out a second map way sooner than Fortnite, uh, is announcing their new Halloween event that they're doing, which sounds really, really cool. And with the new Halloween event, they are bringing back King's Canyon, but in a different way. And this time, King's Canyon is going dark, and it's a zombie mode called Shadowfall. And now it's going to be like this you can basically drop into a warped version of the apex games. That's hosted by this weird figure that has 34 players dropping solo into Kings Canyon. And if you die, you respawn as a member of the undead shadow squad. The shadow squad can't fire guns or use their legend abilities, but they move faster, jump higher, scale walls and unleash a brutal melee attack. The game ends when the remaining living legends make it to an evac ship or the shadow squad wipes them out. And then also up for grabs is Fighter Fright event, which is two new legendary weapon skins plus 24 limited time premium cosmetics, um, including a Frankenstein monster costume, a skeleton, and a clown. Um, so you'll be able to buy any of these items from the start if you want to, and they will cost 1,800 Apex coins via direct purchase, while Epix will set you back 1,000 Apex coins. Um so uh yeah. Awesome. What do you think about this? The the new mode looks awesome. I mean the whole thing looks awesome. Uh probably won't buy anything, but I probably I, I need to jump into it. So damn it, Destiny, you gotta get your <laughs> get your fangs out of me. I'm trying to play other games. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no, I'm uh I'm really hyped for this. It starts uh the day you listen to this podcast. So um it's available now and it runs until November fifth. So you can play this really cool limited edition. Um 34-player Shadowfall game mode. And uh, enjoy yourself. So, yeah, that's awesome. 
All right, last story we have. This is a WTF article that I found that I thought was pretty wild. It's on Kotaku. And a report came out that a burglar stole $40,000 worth of games, accessories, and Gabe Newell's minigun from the Valve headquarters. So what a 32-year-old man uh, apparently pulled out a succession of burglaries in 2018 um, one of which was breaking into the headquarters of Valve and stealing a bunch of shit. 48 PS4 and Xbox One games, which he sold to GameStop for $335. And then uh, he got charged with one count of burglary and one count of trafficking of stolen property related to the GameStop sale, um, which is funny. And then <laughs> he uh, apparently gained access to the Valve HQ through a non-functioning stairwell door and was able to steal the games and equipment from the 11th floor of the building, one of nine occupied by the company. He uh, scooped everything he stole into a large trash can and walked out of the building, straight out of it. In addition to the console games, he's accused of stealing laptops, Switch consoles, Steam machine units, and bizarrely, the minigun Gabe Newell used in a photo shoot for a Forbes magazine feature back in 2011. Wow. Um, and uh, oh, he has also wanted on a number of other charges, including stealing a FedEx truck in 2018 and Dang. leading police on a high-speed chase. That's messed up, man. I know. It's kind of crazy. So this guy is nuts, but I was just like, WTF. (laughs) Oh, people are crazy, man. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Oh, gosh. Somebody. Uh oh gosh no I'm not gonna I'm I'm reading the comments right now and they are kind of messed up that things that people said um <laughs> somebody said how bad is Valve at security that a single guy repeatedly broke in you think after the first Robbie they tightened up their act and then somebody responded I hear they've started developing a new security system after the first one but it's still not out of beta <laughs> <laughs> okay that's hilarious oh my gosh that's funny good times Um, man good times anyway so that's pretty great so everybody that is going to wrap it up for our new segment if you want to watch any of these in video format you cannot unless Austin's going to do some miraculous thing where we put them in video format but it's because we're not together right now so Austin any feedback on that no yeah no well you're going to have to go to our YouTube channel to find out all right, yeah. If you want to watch these in video format, they may be up next week. Um, it's kind of like buying a loot box. If you don't have to pay anything, you just got to go to our website and then find out whether or not you get some magical surprise. So go to youtube.com slash gamer and subscribe to find out if you get that magical surprise of these in video format. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our discussion topic. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Each week, we break down a hot topic in the video game industry. This week, we're going to talk about next generation console systems. Why are we talking about next generation console systems? Well, let me tell you. Last week, PlayStation 4 just subtly just came out and said, oh, hey, by the way, we are confirming that the PlayStation 5 comes out in holiday 2020. And they announced a few more details of things. So we now know that the new PlayStation is titled PlayStation 5, and we now know it is coming out in holiday 2020. So we're going to talk a little bit about what we know about the new consoles 
And then after that, what we want from new consoles that they haven't already gave out and revealed and stuff. So let's start with PlayStation 5 because that's the most fresh things of the nature. And the um, most popular because who cares about the Xbox? Oh, sorry, Xbox guys. I apologize. Wow. If that you didn't is know mean. already, we're diehard PlayStation people here. So I mean, I still play my Xbox, but, you know, whatever. Diehard PlayStation, Brett. I actually almost bought an Xbox One X, and then I was like, oh, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Um, you don't even so play anyway, no games for that. They announced, I know, I know. Now I'm playing my Apple Arcade. So with that, they also came out and announced some of the hardware that will, uh, basically they said that it's going to have a A-core processor, 16-thread x86-64 AMD Risen Zen 2 CPU. It's a lot of words, but basically it's an A-core processor. And uh, that it's going to bring it in line with AMD's current mid-tier processors, which is kind of bummer, but I wish it was like super high. I wish, I wish these things would come out and be like, you know, the highest end processor that you can get right now is like what thirty two cores or some shit like that. Some I wish like that. Sony and Xbox would just be like, "Hey, our next gen console, it's not the the middle tier anymore. Like, here's a freaking forty two core freaking console that's gonna last <laughs> you for the next fifteen years or something like that. That would be sick. But instead, they aren't doing that. Um, but it's crazy that they just drop this as like a blog post. They're just like, "Oh, hey, here's a." Here's some news. Um, you get PlayStation 5 coming out next year, um, the end. And um, that is that. So it's uh, pretty cool. But in addition to that, we also have details of Project Scarlet, which is basically almost the same thing if you look at it side by side, which I think is interesting. Um, do you have that graphic by chance, Austin, of showing the specs side by side uh, that you sent me? Yes. If you give me one moment. I will pull it up. Okay. I will say that comparison. It all makes sense now why Sony's kind of been on the decline with content, you know, even with the PSX and not being at E3. It's just like they have nothing and they're ramping up for the like ultimate reveal. Hopefully, of some really awesome games coming out with the PS5 and, you know, they're ending the, the, this generation with some big hitters. And like, I, as far as ending, they're doing a good job. As far as starting, well, that's yet to be seen. So yeah. we will see. All right, I have it right here. Xbox Scarlet and PlayStation 5 both releasing on holiday 2020. Uh, both use custom AMD Zen 2 8-core uh, CPUs. Uh, both using custom AMD GPUs. Uh, Xbox supports ray tracing while the PlayStation supports ray tracing and 3D audio. I have no idea what that has to do with a GPU, but okay. Uh, native outputs is Xbox native 4K 8K support up to 120 FPS. PlayStation 5 4K 120 hertz refresh rate and 8K support. Storage. Xbox is a new generation SSD and the PlayStation 5 is, is just a solid state drive. So I guess just normal solid state drive. And then backwards uh, yeah. compatibility with Xbox. You have everything from the original Xbox up to currently. And then PlayStation 5 is only back, backwards compatible with uh, PS4 games and PSVR. And then controller charging. The new controllers on the PlayStation 5 will have USB-C. And then we don't know what the Xbox will have. It's to be announced. 
I'm pretty excited that they're doing USB-C for the uh, controllers. That's, uh, that was a really smart move on their part. Yes, yes it was. Now that like everything's doing USB-C. Um, I'm also interested in the fact that um, you know PlayStation Now is a thing that exists, and they're starting to do a little ramp up with that, and then Microsoft xCloud is coming out later this year. So we're going to have both, to me, some cloud component to both of these systems, which is interesting. Um the fact that they both have a frame rate cap at 120 FPS is also really interesting. Yes. Um, and then AK support is also pretty crazy. So both of those out, out of the gate will support much larger scale, you know, television stuff like that. And Xbox hasn't announced like what their, you know, performance is going to be as far as like loading. But I know PlayStation has been really big about announcing like it's going to take you so few seconds to load anything because of this new solid state drive. Um, so that'll be that'll be interesting to see how big of a difference it is. I never noticed a huge leap with when I upgraded to a solid state on my PC, but I do like having it. Um, but I guess I don't put a lot of games on my solid state. I put them still on my old drive, which I probably should put them on my solid state, or just basically have nothing but solid states in my computer. But I haven't done that yet. But um, either way, there's a lot of cool things coming out for uh, the systems and. Um, I'm glad that backwards compatibility is a conversation that's being had, although it's becoming less and less of a thing now that there's going to be all these cloud gaming systems available, especially like on Xbox, you have the Game Pass, which is like you have all these games you can play through that, um, which is pretty awesome. But uh, I'm curious to see what PlayStation does with their, their specifically their VR support. And then also their PlayStation um, Now, if they ramp that up pretty significantly now that basically everybody else is getting into that game, um, they'll need to push that forward since they were the kind of the first ones to it, but they haven't really done a lot in regards to, you know, it hasn't grown significantly um, since they launched it. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, I would but, like I would like to see more of that, but... I don't know. They say all this stuff, and it's like, can they really do that? Or like, what are they prepping for? We haven't seen anything yet. You know what I mean? Right, right. <clears throat> yeah. No, I agree. And it's, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm still amazed at how, yeah, PlayStation Now has been around since 2014, and it's, it's like nobody really talks about it. But it's ten dollars a month, or you can get it for like sixty bucks for twelve months, and it lets you stream games. Or you can download those games. And they have support for PS4, PS3, and PS2 titles, apparently. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. Yep. Um, But I guess it's just a library. It's not big enough for them. Right. But I feel like they'll probably do a pretty heavy push next year. But as far as like new consoles go, so we have these two new consoles coming out. Um, I've been listening to stories about Last of Us 2. Did you ever play The Last of Us 1 multiplayer? Uh, I did did not. not. Okay. So apparently Naughty Dog was working on multiplayer for Last of Us 2. And they decided that it was getting too ambitious. So they put a plug on it and focused just on the story campaign. Um, However, that's not to say it's not going to come out. They said it will release at a later date. So the rumor is <clears throat> Last of Us 2 is coming out in, what, February? Um, which is interesting that it's before the release of PlayStation 5. But the story is 
that PlayStation 4 is going to have Last of Us 2 to help, like, you know, bolster that console launch or that console generation of, you know, PS4 at the last few months of its life cycle. Then PS5 comes out and they're going to announce introducing the new Last of Us 2 remaster for PS5 plus multiplayer and the multiplayer is going to be like crazy and awesome and big and people are just going to like buy it again eight months later for PS5 Interesting. because they could or they might just have it as part of like PlayStation Now or something but a- apparently there was actually a pretty decent sized following for The Last of Us 1 multiplayer mm-hmm. people said it was pretty good Yeah. Um, and then this one is also supposed to be pretty ambitious but they didn't want to have it get in the way of the single player campaign just yet. Right. Well, if you have PS Plus, you get the remastered edition of The Last of Us, the first one, and the multiplayer stuff. So you can also check it out today. See how that yep. is. Just uh, for this month, you have two weeks left. Yep. Better hurry. Better hurry. Jump but, on it. Right, right. I, I, for me, I think from a standpoint of uh, hardware, I, I think they got it. Like, what they have now, I don't know how much more we really need. If we're supporting 8K, why? <clears throat> um, just USB-C stuff, like all that. Like I just want good games. That's it, you know. I, I think we've <clears throat> talked about this before, and you know, looking at some of the not so graphically, you know, endowed games, and they still tell great stories, and that's something we like. And I, I feel like you know, PlayStation's really got got themselves in a good place and know exactly what they need to do and what they want to do telling great stories like the last of us too. Um, I just, I just want to see that with these new consoles. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. We have the graphics and we have the 4k, 8k resolutions and stuff. And, you know, new controllers and new hardware is always awesome. Uh, but yeah, just come out with that. (laughs) Just give us some good games. Stop canceling games, you know, and with, Xbox, I feel like because of all the new, uh, all the new companies, uh, studios that they've acquired recently, uh, hoping that maybe a lot of those games, possibly potentially, could be coming out with the new launch of the Scarlet. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, next year is going to be really weird because we have the beginning of twenty twenty. Um, full of like heavy, heavy hitters. We have The Last of Us Part Two. We have Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and then what else is there? There's a couple others that are coming out next year that are right. like pretty large scale. Right. Oh, Watch Dogs Three is coming out next year. Oh. Um, yeah. there's 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 some there's some bigger bigger AAA titles that will be around, dropping all around the same time, and then. We have two new console launches that will be followed very quickly with a launch lineup of something. Halo Infinite, for sure, on Xbox. I would be very surprised if we didn't see Ghost of Tsushima as a launch title for PS5. So that likely will be there. Well, hell, Um, I'm surprised that it doesn't have a release date yet. Oh, I, I, I think it's probably by design of like they're gonna, because I bet what they're gonna do is just have some big, huge event you know like some massive state of play that's like an invite only kind of thing to like announce the new ps5 and with that they're going to have a bunch of developers on stage to talk about their big game that's launching day one of this yeah so they they when, need ghost of when, shusima there 
Yeah, because when PS4 launched, the launch lineup was kind of poor. They had Killzone Shadowfall, they had Knack, and then they had uh, a couple of remastered games that they brought out, like uh, uh, Inf- Infamous was dropped, Second Son was there, which that was actually a launch, like launch window launch. But um, there was like Injustice remastered for PS4, and they had like Call of Duty remastered, and a couple other games that were like built for PS4. But there was like maybe 10 titles, and like three of them were big, huge, like jaw droppers, and the rest were like not exciting. So it took about six months for the PS4 to gain any traction, but then it like hit it hard, and then just like everybody just got super excited about it. Right. So I think with this one, hopefully they'll come in swinging big time um, I, I know a lot of people thought stuff. the xbox was gonna win it out like easily you know yeah because you know everyone everyone i knew was getting xboxes you know and then bam just out of nowhere yeah. playstation 5 just kind of you know they had a really rocky launch well i won't say it was rocky but i didn't think the lineup was that great you know they had um what was that one game with futuristic your shooter and stuff i forgot what it's called wait, wait for which one xbox you said no for playstation oh okay the kill zone shadowfall yeah kill zone shadowfall like i thought that was cool but i was like this isn't worth buying a playstation for <laughs> well, i mean i bought it for uh, i bought it for that <laughs> i know i know i'm glad you did because i played it i mean it was but fun. at the time it was a gorgeous game I mean, oh it was, yeah it was a very good testament of like what the playstation could do um visually but yeah beyond that there were not many um, many games. What do we have? Killzone, Shadowfall, Battlefield 4, Call of Duty Ghosts, Black Flag, Knack. There's a bunch of games that were out on other platforms, and that was about right, it. Right. And so, I thought that was a big detriment to them. Because I know yeah. when PlayStation 3 came out, it was like, oh, damn, look at all these games that I can't play anywhere else. <laughs> uh, just missed it all. So yeah. you know, hopefully they do this w- with this one. But as the industry begins to change, I think PlayStation... I mean, I think everyone in general just kind of has games that everyone else has. Yeah. So a couple of wants that I have for this new console, because I mean, like you said, you just want, you know, bigger games and stuff like that or more games basically. But there are some things that I think PlayStation need to work on. I mean, they've already addressed some of it with the SSD, faster loading times. It's like Borderlands 3 loads slower than it should. Um, I've had like Red Dead Redemption 2 loaded slow for me when it was going between menus and stuff like that. That I feel like that should be something that load time should be like less than two seconds nowadays. It just shouldn't take that long to load. A lot of that stuff, especially because you're pulling, still pulling a lot of data off the hard drive anyway. Um, like I don't know why it requires that much loading to go from like location to location. But that's a big detriment for me. My PS4 Pro like runs hot as shit. Like I don't know if yours does this, but mine like my fans speed up and then they get really loud. I mean it's it's a loud console. Does yours do that? Uh yeah, it does it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean mine's not always, but it's just like way louder than I feel like it should be yeah. um, for a advanced version of the PS4. Um and I still think the menu system, as it's better than it used to be, but I think they could do a better job of um, splitting up things. 
because I don't like how when you're navigating through the menu, like you can folder, put things in folders now, which is great when they've added that feature. Can't wait for Switch to add that feature. But I wish they didn't arrange things where basically the most recently used apps are at the front, whether it be a game or not. Like I want them to segment out games and like applications. Kind of like not to give too much credit to Xbox, but Xbox does separate games from apps. So you can see your games and you can see your apps in separate like areas. So I love to be able to navigate through my games and then navigate through my apps completely independent of each other. Because like I don't ever use PlayStation Video, so it's like I don't want that to be present in the menu system anywhere. Um, I'd rather just like shove that away. And it's you can put it under a folder, but it's still part of that lineup of there's no categorization of that stuff in that list of icons. So those are my main gripes. And I wish that they took better advantage of, I feel like that touch bar, that touchpad was like a missed opportunity in a lot of games. And then some of the features they put in the PlayStation 4 controller were kind of missed opportunities. Like I remember when Infamous Second Son came out, they had it where when you went up to walls, you could like shake your controller and like spray paint the wall with like your hand gestures. And then after like two games later, they just gave up on using any part of the gyroscope that was built into the PlayStation controller. And then the touchpads not used for anything except for like typing. Like you can use it to like type, you know, when you're putting your name or texting or whatever. But I wish there was more usage of that than just like a big ass button on your controller. Yep. So I agree. Uh, I think I've just gotten used to just all of those negatives at this point i just look past them but yeah i agree with everything you said especially the menu yeah. system that that stuff's just some bs like i hate having to go to netflix and hulu amazon prime and and that sub menu and you know if you have uh at the time i had funimation back in the day and i'd have to go into like more just to access funimation so i had to go through like three menus and then scroll down and i'm like ugh, ugh. yeah Pain. That's crazy. <clears throat> what do you think the odds would be of a launch title or a launch window of um, a new Grand Theft Auto or a new um, God of War? <sighs> at least one more year. Yeah. At least. For God of War, at least. <clears throat> For another Grand Theft yeah. Auto, you probably need another five years on that <laughs> just because, you know, they're wrapped up in Red Dead. I'm sure they already have a team working on it, but I'm sure it's a light team, you know, nothing yeah. crazy. True, true. So, yeah. um, oh, maybe we'll see Final Fantasy VII on, because uh, that's coming at the beginning of the year, but maybe we'll get part two at the second half of the year for a launch window title. That'd be cool. So that could be a thing, yeah. Because that would be a good showcase of like having like the whole package for the launch of PlayStation Five for right. Final Fantasy, right, right. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of things they could go they could do with it. Oh yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of another. I I want Rocksteady to finally show up. We keep talking about Rocksteady. Like, what are they working on? What are they working on? And they always never announce anything. But I feel like uh, this has got to be the year they announce something. They just got to. But, oh, yeah, yeah, Marvel's Avengers is coming out in the early part of next year. So that's, that's like three games right there that are like big games that are supposedly big games oh, all yeah. at the beginning of the year before the new hardware even comes out, which is crazy to me. 
Like it's gonna be a hard ass year for game of the year next year. Oh, I know. I mean, we, we don't even know what's coming out. E three is gonna be blowing up, man. Blowing up. <laughs> like we're gonna see all the games coming I agree. out. Yeah, in the fall season, madness. it's not gonna be a crazy amount, Absolute but it's gonna be enough to be like madness. Indeed, it's just not gonna be. It's just this is not gonna be fun. So yeah, I think that next year is gonna be bonkers, crazy. This year is not as crazy, but next year is going to be freaking crazy when it comes to new games, plus these consoles, plus all the games you don't even know about when we come to E3. Um, honestly, yeah, honestly, honestly, I think it's going to be 2021 is going to be even crazier. Potentially, we don't know. They might not have enough out still. You know, we'll just have to see how I much they've prepared for this. I know, but just look at what we already have. Oh, I know. Cyberpunk, well, man. Cyberpunk 2077 is coming out next year. Well, for the past... That's like, like the most anticipated game of the last decade. Well, Decades! I don't, I don't know about that. But at least in the last five... I mean... Like three to five years, we've had some hype for the games releasing next year, right? So we don't yeah. know what else is coming out until E3 for the holiday season... And for uh, 2021, so potentially we can get some pretty, pretty awesome stuff. But we'll we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, 2021 yeah. might be a crazy year as well. Oh yeah, no, it's it's definitely not going to stop for the next two or three years. So yeah, thank you, game companies, for allowing us content to talk about on our podcast, whether it be Blizzard going against free speech or consoles bringing out new systems that are really awesome and um yeah it's, it's pretty good stuff oh yeah yeah so is there anything that you can think of that could just like what is one feature or thing that we don't currently have on consoles that could be like a blowout holy shit moment other than i mean because graphics is like guaranteed but yeah. what is a holy shit feature that could come on these consoles like I said earlier, like I think they have everything they need. There's like nothing else really that I can but think if of. They did okay, so you just this just, it's just like, yeah. There's nothing that I can man. like pinpoint to be like this is what they need or holy shit if they had this it would change everything. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I think there needs to be. I think when PS5 comes out. They should also, also at the same time launch PSVR 2.0, and it's going to be a PlayStation cameraless standalone device that works in tandem with your PlayStation hmm. to make full house scale virtual reality for your PlayStation ecosystem. So you can walk around your house and freaking sword chomp freaking Ghost of Tsushima characters <laughs> with a headset and a console. Okay. All right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. That'd be cool. Be awesome. Yeah. That might still and be too every far game out, that but... comes out will come with VR compatibility. That'd be cool. It's required to be a PlayStation exclusive. You must bring a VR component to it. Whoa. <laughs> My blown. I don't know. I feel like VR is kind of on the downhill slope right now. Nah. But nah. That's got some good stuff coming out. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Only, but, I mean, you, you have to be a Oculus user, not a oh. HTC Vive user. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might buy a Quest, actually. Holy crap. Dude, it's so freaking awesome. 
Dude, you crazy. Yeah. All the shit that they're announcing for it. Oh, man. It's going to be so good. I mean, so mine is PlayStation. I guess on that note, it'd be cool if uh, Scarlet was just like, yeah, if you have certain you know, <laughs> VR headsets, you can just plug and play, you know? Yeah, so that was the, what I was going to say on the Xbox, actually, is that feature would be brilliant. They were supposed to have that with the Xbox One. They never did. So I'm wondering if they'll do that with this console instead. I but doubt it. Probably not. I yeah. doubt it. Anyway, well, cool. It's weird that there's not much hype around these next consoles other than like cloud gaming, which is already kind of here in some capacity. So it's like, eh. But like, I remember last generation, we were really hyped on the the VR integrations and like they were going to go full in on this VR stuff. And they like Xbox was touting this as like the only thing you need in your household to like run media. And PlayStation was like, oh, you got this badass new controller with all these new features. And now this year, it's just like, hey, we have new consoles coming out. They're going to be super fast and super good graphics. And then that's basically it. Basically. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty wild. Uh, All right. Totally different focus. Oh, yeah. All right. Anyway, so that's going to wrap up our segment for this week. If you guys have questions or want to contribute to next week's segment, visit theintergamer.net and send us your feedback. You can also join our Discord channel in the show notes to chat with us there. We'll be right back with our upcoming video game releases. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Looking forward to next week, let's talk about our upcoming video game releases. We have three games coming out on the 16th of October for the Nintendo Switch exclusively for now. We have Little Town Hero. This is a game from Game Freak, the creators of Pokemon. And this is their own IP that is a story set in an isolated village on the end of the world, edge of the world. The only gate leading outside is heavily guarded by a castle, and the villagers can't leave. Most of the villagers don't give it a thought, but the protagonist wants to see the world outside. However, one day a monster comes in and shocks everyone because before then they didn't know these creatures existed. So the protagonist can fight using a red stone that he found inside of a mine, and he soon finds out what the stones are who the monster is, and more. Unlike most RPGs, there's no need to fight weak monsters repeatedly to level grind in this game. Instead, you'll need to have a good strategy to fight each boss monster one-on-one. Will the protagonist live the adventure he craves and escape the humdrum village life? So, it's a pretty cool premise. It kind of reminds me of the movie The Village by M. Night Shyamalan, but not, but it's similar, and that's kind of interesting. And uh, yeah, it's their first game. This is a they they call it a light RPG because they didn't want to make it super deep where people have spent tons of hours in it. It's just, but it's got all the RPG mechanics that you know and love. So that's coming out on the sixteenth. Then on the eighteenth, we have two games coming out for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. This was the game that I played several months ago that I was not allowed to talk about yet, but now I can talk about it. Plants vs Zombies: Battle for Neighborville. This is the game in which you come to Neighborville, except a crazy new coniferous conflict between brainless and botanicals is brewing. What are you going to do? Call the crops? Soil your plants? I don't know. It's time to kick some grass in the wackiest shooter between plants and zombies yet. The Battle for Neighborville. You can customize characters, play with your friends, etc., etc. Basically, this is one big massive like online service where you go in this world and you can play as either the plants 
or the zombies. You pick your character. You can customize your characters. You can drop into PvP. You can go into this co-op mode where you go through Neighborville and do quests and challenges and level up your character and play co-op with friends. And then you can drop into PvP modes, which is basically kind of like Overwatch-style gameplay, except slower and you have plants of zombies instead of heroes shooter people but there's a lot of stuff to do in this game and my biggest fear is that they're gonna have microtransactions in it but if they don't this game is actually really fun and i kind of want to get into it um surprisingly fun so we'll see what happens when it actually launches nice also on the same day we have ring fit adventure this is the game in which you carry your ring con your leg strap and your little like ring thing and do mini games and adventure modes and work out while you're doing it on the Switch. So there you have it. Three games coming out in the next week. It's pretty exciting. I don't know if you're excited, Austin, but I'm pretty excited. I'm just playing Destiny right now, okay? Austin's just playing <laughs> Destiny right now. I'm sorry. There it is. So that's going to wrap it up for our show this week. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast. Visit TheInnerGamer.net for our latest episodes, videos, and social channels. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. And don't forget, on the 17th, this Thursday, come out to our event at Hop Fusion Brewery in Fort Worth, Texas. We will be there with board games, video games, and more. And if you want to support our show, you can donate on the website over at TheInnerGamer.net. All donations go towards making the podcast videos and events even better. You can also join in on the conversation over on our Discord channel. Check out the show notes for that link. And as always, please share our content. If more eyes we get on it, the, the, that'll help us grow and grow. And uh, we would really appreciate that. And my name is Austin Morales. My name is Brett Yanoski. And you were listening to the Airgamer Podcast, guys. We'll catch you next week. Podcast out. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.